Oh, this is going to be interesting. What is up? It's Todd. And in this episode, I want to talk with you about the art of overcoming objections. It's actually the preparation and how you do it was actually taught to me by Howie Mandel in person. I'm going to tell you that story and give you a business takeaway on this episode of Video Marketing Mastery. Discover how video can help you achieve your sales and marketing goals. It all starts right here in Todd Hartley's Video Marketing Mastery. All right, all right. So look, I'm in the car. This is where I do my best podcast episodes. And I'm on my way to oh, one of the one of my favorite resorts, if you're familiar with the Sanctuary Resort in Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's up on Camelback Mountain. It's just got a killer view of the north side of the city. Today is about brainstorming. I mean, I've already had my morning meetings. I've had about three meetings so far and a good three-mile run. But the rest of the day is about brainstorming. And so I'm brainstorming my assets that I need for my next Tony Robbins speech, which is coming up in August. And I need to get these items all in place So when I get on that stage, yo, the biggest stage in the world, uh, I'm able to move audiences down a path to make a Todd purchase decision. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be working on a lot of assets, a lot of strategic mapping, and then a timeline of which assets need to be created by what date in order for me to arrive at my end goal destination with all the elements I need to move somebody through an effortless on-demand buying experience. So that's cool. Like rarely do you get a day where you can kind of chill out, relax, not work on client projects, but you get to work on your own. And I love that. But it got me thinking about objections because like I was in a meeting this morning in a sales meeting and yesterday I was in an all hands on sales team meeting And I'm always talking to the team about how we prepare for overcoming our most common objections. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd first encourage you to think about the objections that prospects give you while you're in the sales process, while you're trying to get to the magic word of yes, what are the common pushbacks that they give you? Because if you can prepare for the common pushbacks, that's an objection. You can handle it like a friggin' boss, respond appropriately, maybe even have a case study right there or a testimonial or data, whatever it is, you pre-prepare them in advance. Now I learned this story and here's where Howie Mandel comes into this episode from one faithful night in Tucson 20 years ago where I had an unusual conversation with Howie Mandel. And this conversation shaped my preparation mind. So let me tell you the story. Oh, I was in college and it was a good old time. University of Arizona, back in the day I was bearing down. And Howie Mandel was doing a comedy tour around the US and he was appearing on campus. And I was gonna go to his show because I love comedy. Not only do I love comedy, I love the writing and the public speaking element. I like the uh, improvisation of it. Like something I've never shared with you is, and this story is embarrassing. This is not a good outcome story for Todd, 
but it's a good lesson for you and that's why I'm willing to be vulnerable. So the preparation is the most important part when you're a speaker, when you're a comedian, when you're a salesperson. How you prepare is going to ultimately determine success or failure and I went to the Howie Mandel event and we stopped at happy hour at Dirtbags. If any of you know Dirtbags Bar, yo. And I had some dirt fries. And then on our way across campus, I remember stopping and picking up a big 40 ounce of Mickey's. I don't know what they're called. I think they're called Hornets, something like that. So uh, we drank that as we walked across campus, me and a friend, and we didn't share the same bottle. It's not that kind of a friend. Um, but a friend like that does come up later on in the story. So I go to the event. We've got a couple of drinks in our belly. I pay for the upgraded student seat, which was in row three dead center. And we go to the event. I'm a little loopy. And Howie's crushing it. Doing a great job. And then he uses a joke that I heard before. And I was in this weird phase in my life. I'm embarrassed to tell you about, but that phase was me heckling famous comedians. Yeah. For a short window, I was that dude until this happened. So I started heckling Howie. And mind you, I'm in the third row. I'm pretty damn close. He's on the far other side of the stage. He says a joke I've heard years before, like maybe 10 years before, and being a bit of an a-hole with a couple too many drinks in me, I yelled out, Howie, how old's that joke? And he just stopped. Dude was prepared. And he looked at me and he said, what? And then I took my hands like only somebody who's drinking Mickey's Big Mouth would do. And I kind of like waved him over to me, like, have your best shot at me, big guy. And I said, how old's that joke, Howie? And then he did like, a, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a karaoke or a grapevine thing with your legs where your legs go side to side. And you kind of like um, weave them back and forth. And he kind of like danced his way over to me in my section. And he said, obviously I, and this is where the preparation comes in of handling objections. He said, obviously I must be a very big star because my asshole, and then he pointed at me while pushing his ass out at me, is all the way over there. And the whole room laughed in an uproar. And then he went to his next joke. And right when he was done doing the joke and everybody laughed, he goes, hey, date man, I made that joke up last night while I was cutting tomatoes. And everybody laughed again. Next joke, he'd end it. Everybody would laugh. He'd go, hey, date man, two weeks ago Tuesday, I made up that joke. I was an a-hole. But you know what he was? prepared. I then went to the restroom after the event. The man at the urinal looked at me and he goes, oh dude, you're the date man, right? Not thinking anything of it. Two weeks later, I go on a date. Bow, bow, chicka, bow, wow. We're at the table drinking some wine, learning about the girl. I said, so like, what have you been doing? Anything, anything interesting? And she goes, you know, one of those typical intro first date questions. You know what I mean? She says, oh, I actually, I saw Howie Mandel last week. And I said, really, what'd you think about it? And she said, I, I, she said, it was good. I go, I was there too. She goes, really? What did you think about it? And I said, 
Um, you know, I made the mistake of heckling him and she goes, Oh my God, you're not the date man, are you? Dead silence cricket. Now you're wondering, did I pull off the date, right? We'll get back to the business takeaway. Yeah, it ended up being my college girlfriend. But she had a sick and twisted, demented humor, so it was perfect for her. Now, back to your business takeaway. Should be obvious. Howie Mandel probably has that rebuttal from for a heckler locked and loaded for the perfect scenario. He probably has 10 or 15 locked and loaded responses like you do in your business. Now, here's my question for you. Will you take the next step and prepare? Will you put yourself in a position where you write down all of those questions? You create slides for them so they're at your fingertips so you can respond back with visuals, give people case studies, demonstrate the radical growth your clients have had from following this strategy that's similar to the one that they're asking about, if not identical. And what I want you to do is use them, get them, prepare them in a way so you know them like Howie Mandel knows it when a jackass on Mickey's is hitting him up to try to make fun. You can do the same thing. Now, instead of saying, my, I must be a big star because my asshole's all the way over there, and then point at your client, which is a really good one if you don't want to get a second meeting, instead of doing that, I highly recommend you think about structuring your objection handle, your rebuttal, your comeback in a way so when you present it, you don't stutter. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, you know what? I Instead, you deliver it with confidence. So much confidence that you've already got a slide for it so you can coach them through it because you get asked these questions all damn day. And if you get asked a question once a week, but there's hundreds of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars on the line, you know how important it is to be prepared. Get yourself prepared to handle the objection so you can be the big star and the other person can be the asshole sitting all over there. Get it? <laughs> all right, that's your big takeaway. Look, if you have these objections, it's also helpful to put them on your website. Because if you're getting them in sales meetings, what about the people who are delivering those objections in their head in a remote context? Can you level that up? Put those objections in the proper place where they appear in the sales cycle down the journey page so somebody can see it and they could go, oh yeah, I was going to ask that question. Oh, and he just answered it because here's the trick. If you can knock down the objections, if you know the objections well enough, you should also know where they come up in the sales process and handle them, meaning knock them down before the prospect even brings it up. Because if you knock down the objections, you know what you've done? You're like knocking down the bowling pins to them saying yes. And the more you identify the common objections, the more you can weave them in through your material, the faster you're going to get people to giving you their money. And yo, isn't that the whole goal? If you want to learn some of my best secrets, how to sell remotely in this new world, because we're not going back. The data is showing that from this point forward, executives, 
buyers, decision makers have decided that they're not giving back their COVID gains. What they gain from COVID, like working from home and a better work-life balance, they're not giving that back. Instead, what they're doing is they're enjoying working with a business shirt up top and pajamas down below, right? They're chilling. They're comfortable. They eliminated their commute. That means the sales world's becoming more remote focused, which means if you want to continue to crush your quota, you've got to get trained in the fine art of selling remotely like a friggin' boss and nobody does it better than me. And I'm happy to train you on it. You can start for free. I've got 20 minutes of knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb and you can get access to it at wirebuzz.com forward slash excuse me, wirebuzz.com, yeah, forward slash, see how confusing this is? wirebuzz.com forward slash remote dash sales. Just go right there, figure it out, navigate your way, and I'll give you a lot of value on that page. And if you think there's an opportunity for me to be able to help you, fill out that form and me or a member of my strategy team will jump on a call. We'll talk about your sales process and how you can overcome objections and create buyer's journeys that make buying from you an irresistible pressing priority. Boom, like that's how we do it.